God continues to do in us and through us and in the ways that He's making every effort to awaken us. Do you realize that that's what He's doing? He's making an, making an effort to awaken you and me. He's making an effort to say, keep looking at me. Don't turn your head away. Keep watching. He's making every effort. So, when I think about His way, and I think about what He's doing, and I think about all that He wants to show us, and all the ways that He wants to grow you and me, mature us, and when I think about all of these ways, I can't help but consider that in the middle of all of that, He's only asking us and considering and showing us because He believes that we're capable of doing whatever it is He's asking of us. He believes that His creation, you and me, everybody say, I am. His creation. He designed me. How I look, whatever, He designed me that way. Well, I mean, you might have added or taken away a few things, but He designed you. You, everybody, everybody laughs, but you know it's true. And, um, but He designed you, He created you purposefully to be a demonstration of who He is. I want to jump right in this morning and teach, and then I'll go and I'll give you a few announcements, and I'll give you an opportunity to be faithful in your tithe and offering today. Um, but I want to jump right in, and I want to teach this morning. Good morning. And... Help us to grow because I think it's important for you and me to understand what it is that Father's calling us to be and do. Are you ready? Yes. Everybody say this, left on red, how, how we pray. Let me ask this simple question. How many in here pray? Raise your hand up high so I can see every hand. How many pray? Do you? I, I suppose it would be determined by what you define pray as. What is pray? What does it mean to pray? Is we can, and I'll just jump right in and I'll just say, prayer can be that thing that we do that, uh, as Jacob described, is, is um, the opposite of what Jacob described, where it is a resolved thing. In other words, this is how I pray every day, this is what I say every day, this is what I do every day, and that's the way it's going to be every day. It's memorized. I can pray. I can talk to God without even thinking about God. Because it's become so routine, my chats with him, my moments with him have become so routine that there's nothing, uh, I don't need to think about it anymore. It's, it's the same thing. I do whatever, I start the same way, my middle part of the prayer is the same way, the end is the same way. I watch my clock to make sure that I've gotten in at least 30 minutes so that I'm talking to him and it's become such a routine, such a, a, a lined out thing that when I talk to him, I don't even have to think about it. I can multitask. How many multitask? Don't raise your hand. How many multitask prayer people do we have in here this morning? So you can be doing something completely different and pray at the same time. I'm a multitasker. I can drive down the road and be talking to him. I'm a multitasker. But what I'm considering about, and the reason I'm asking you this question this morning is because do you ever, when you get into that place and you're talking to Him, and you're sharing with Him, do you come to the place where you ever find yourself where you're not conscious of Him? Because you can be. In fact, I know because of some of the emails that I've received since we started this series, I'm very aware of, of what the thoughts which are amazing that some of you have had and the places that you found yourself in and you've been awakened. Because there's this sense that, or there's this way that if we're not careful, we have a lot of words to Him, but we're not conscious of Him and His heart and His passion for us. Does anybody hear what I'm saying today? So what happens is when our words become routine, when our words and our 
conversation with Him become the same thing every day, every day, every day, at some point we need to ask, is He still listening? Now I'm going to tell you, I'm going to share Scripture with you this morning. He's not. When we continue and it's the same thing over and over and there's no... He knows if He's getting words or if He's getting relationship. He does not honor words. He honors relationship. You need to hear me this morning. He doesn't say, just because they asked for it, I'm going to give it to them. No, you need to hear me this morning. Just because they said it doesn't mean they believe it. I can see whether or not they believe it and how they live and what they do. Is anybody hearing me this morning? If it were true that all we had to do was ask, then why would anybody even serve Him? I have a need, I'm just going to ask God for it while I live like hell. And then when God doesn't answer it, I'm going to tell everybody that around me, see, I told you God's not real. He didn't answer my prayer. Well, it wasn't a prayer. It was a petition, but it wasn't a prayer. Wow, come on. It was a request made based on need, not a request made based on relationship, a desire to know Him. And the words that come out of our mouth towards Him need to always reflect that I want to know you. Is anybody hearing me this morning? Our words need to reflect. You know what, Father, it's important to me that I, that I know the deeper parts of you. Yeah. We sang that song this morning. I want to know you. I want to know all of you, everything about you. I, want to, I don't want to simply have you as an image in my head and then I pray to that image. I don't want to have you as a religion that I've been a part of for so long and I pray to that religion. I want to have relationship with you and that relationship be so vast that I can't get you fit in my... I can't fit you in my head. You won't fit in that religion. You won't fit in where I was. So I've been teaching this series left on red and then and today we will conclude that and how we pray. And I, it's important, I said last week when I was teaching the second part of this series, I said to you that this week we were going to talk about or discuss this point. It's not whether or not we pray. It's how we pray. It's not whether or not you know, if, if I go to 10 people and I say, how many of you talk to God today? All 10 people are likely going to raise their hand. That's right. But then if I say to those 10 people, how many of you were actually considering God when you were talking to Him? And suddenly there's this, let me think about that. Did I just spew words because that's my custom, my way? my routine, my agenda, what's required of me? Or did I consciously enter into this moment where I said, Father, you and me. It's you and me. I'm going to talk to you. So are we aware of when God speaks to us? With the whole concept of being left on red, I'll explain that really quickly again as, you know, this generation that we live in right now. This season and time that we live in right now, texting is a big thing. People text and, and they, you know, they're always sending messages and what have you. Email, I think, is kind of slipping out the door, but people are texting all the time. They don't capitalize anything anymore, nothing. And they're sending these texts and then they'll send you a text and say, hey, do you want to do whatever, go to dinner Friday night at 6 o'clock? And then they don't get a response, but they see the little mark down there that it's been read. So, you know, the answer is an answer. The lack of an answer is an answer. I don't want to go to dinner. If I did want to go to dinner, I'd say yes. But I don't. And often the answer that is the answer is an answer that you didn't even know. Many people didn't even know that they answered because they don't know that the person can see that their text was read. Check your phone. Mine is turned off. 
But how often do we do that to the Father when He's trying to send us a message? Even this morning as we begin to worship and we're singing, man, wasn't it great? I mean, we can lift our voice and we have the freedom and the liberty to come in here and to express our love for Him and, and we can honor Him and we can celebrate Him. And we have incredible anointed musicians, anointed singers. We have all this, everything that's going on. And then there's a moment where we stop and suddenly it's something that we're completely not used to. It's a sound we've never heard before. And the Father sends a message and He says, I'm going to send this message, I'm going to send this sound, what will you do with it? Will you pay attention to the sound or will you leave me on red? Will you pay attention to what I'm sending you? When I send this unique sound through this son who happened to be Jacob Lowry today, but when I send that sound, will you be paying attention to it? And I can tell you that Curlene came up to me and shared something, and, and I know that many were paying attention. Many were moved by what was going on. Some probably thought, you know, this is an odd thing to have uh, that music, and then it had this, again, for lack of a better way to define it, this moment of peace and then this moment of conflict. That It's different. But as I sat there and I listened to this thing, it ministered to my soul. As I'm listening to both the peace and the conflict, it is ministering to my soul because I'm hearing the voice of God in that. Saying, I have your attention. Now let me show you some things about this right now. Or we can choose to completely ignore that and just say, man, this is getting in the way of everything else that God's doing this morning, and then we leave Him on red. You're hearing me today. It's important that you hear me today. Because I believe this statement that I'm about to say, I said it last week, I said it the week before, and I hope people will interpret my statement correctly, sometimes for lack of a uh, better way to say things, um, people will misinterpret my intention, my motives behind what I say, uh, or anybody says, but in this case me, and, and it's not my intention to mislead, to misdirect. But I believe this with all of my heart. I believe that if we were a people that genuinely talked to God and we didn't talk to Him through words that were trained or templated, but we talked to Him and we were conscious of His presence and His desires and His passions for us and His purpose for us, I believe that if we continued to talk to Him, there would not be a need for repentance in anybody's life. You wouldn't sin again. I genuinely believe that. I be genuinely believe the best way to transform the world today is to help them understand how to talk to God and when they talk to Him, how to know that He's in their presence and they're in His. Do you hear me today? Now I know that for some it's tough because there's this sense in our mind, this old re religious mindset that everybody's a sinner, you're always a sinner. I'm not. Uh, you don't have to be. It's up to you. You can be that if you want to be. I'm not a sinner. I'm a child of God. I'm a son. I've been redeemed. I've been set free. It doesn't mean I can't sin. I can still choose to sin. And I can also choose not to sin. But I can only do that if my relationship with Him and my communication with Him is such that I know what He wants from me. And then I get to choose whether or not I'm going to be obedient to that thing to that request, to that statement, to that whatever, that moment. I choose to be obedient or disobedient to that moment and that choice will determine whether or not I again sin or do not sin. But talking to Him, being consciously aware He is God and can do all things and He has my best interest at heart. I'm His Son. He loves me. He wants to redeem everything about me. He wants to bring clarity to my mind in every way. If I can lay hold of that... We can change the world. I, I promise you this. We would change the world quicker by teaching people to talk to the Father and genuinely have a conversation with the Father. If we could teach people to do that, if we could help them understand how important it is to talk to the Father, I genuinely believe we would do a... I genuinely believe we would change the earth on a trajectory that picket lines Sunday morning services could not do. So are we aware of the moments that God speaks to us? 
Do we hear but not listen to what he says? If you want to follow along this morning, uh, you can open the app and the notes are in the app. But the answer to that question can be found in the choices that we make every day. Am I hearing the Father? The answer to that will be found in the choices that I make. I can tell you this today. If I'm listening to what he has to say, this is what I know for sure, Daniel. He's never going to tell me something that will dishonor him. I know for sure, Austin, if I'm listening to the Father and there's any path that I'm on that dishonors Him, I didn't hear Him tell me to take that path. So today I want to talk about how we pray and probably... The most defined, well, if you go through Scripture, I couldn't begin to use all of the Scripture that points this out this morning. It gives us some instruction about what it is to, uh, to the how. There's plenty of Scripture for the how. There's pretty, plenty of Scripture for the need to pray. But I chose a few that I felt would best define what it is that I believe Holy Spirit wants to say to you and me today. Keep this in mind as we move forward before we talk about how we pray. Today, the natural tendency of mankind, the church, the natural tendency of believers today is to pray very selfishly and very arrogantly. Most prayers about us. Most prayers about where am I? Do you not see me, God? Most prayers about this is what I need and this is what you said you would do about it. As though he needs to be reminded. Most prayer by most believers is exactly that. It is, Father, this is what's going on in my life. I can't pay this bill. I feel this way. I feel this way in my body. I need healing. My mind is confused. Would you do something in my mind, please? And sometimes I think confusion even. In another story, another time, but I'll just throw this out there. Many times I believe that the confusion we have in our mind is because what he's trying to do is reset us. Another time. But what he's speaking and what he's doing and we're thinking and we're considering and we're, we're going through these motions and most of the time the prayers that most believers pray are so selfish and so arrogant. It is, I deserve this because I've prayed and I've read and I go to church on Sunday and I pay my tithe and I married the one you sent me or I whatever. I, I had however many kids you told me to have. And you know what? Pay up. I'm being honest. This is how prayer goes. Too, too many times it's that pay up prayer. I'm sick and your word says. I want to remind you what you said. If I ask... In your name. So in Jesus' name, I'm asking for this. And the whole time he's saying, you're not asking in my name. You're asking out of routine. If you knew me, my name is present in the conversation we have. You don't even have to say it. My name is present in that. The power of who I am, the anointing of who I am is present in that. You hearing me today? So we've grown, we've been taught, you know, and it's not your fault. It's not my fault. Well, maybe it is my fault because I stand behind a pulpit. Maybe I'm part of the problem. Maybe I didn't teach people the how to pray. Maybe I put too much focus. I don't know. Only you can judge that. Those of you that have been around me as long as you have, we've, we're growing old together. I appreciated that somebody told me that last week, reminded me last week, Liz Darnell, where's Liz this morning? She reminded me last week, it's nice we get to grow old together. I'm not feeling old yet, Miss Liz. <laughs> We're growing up together. But this process, these thoughts and these, the way that we do, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm part of the problem or have been part of the problem. Today I want to be part of the solution. I want to get us past 
the need to make sure that we fill in the blanks every day and that our conversation with him is amazing. I'm going to ask you a question this morning. It's not in your notes, but I'm going to ask you a question. When's the last time, and I want you to think about it for a second, when's the last time you were in awe of something? Just blew your mind. You just, you just thought, oh, my. You, could, you couldn't turn your head from it. Your attention was fixated on whatever it was. When's the last time you were in awe of something? When's the last time you were in awe of someone? You couldn't think about anything else. And every thought that you had pointed to that moment of awe. Every thought that you had consisted of living in that moment of awe more, more fully. You occupied it. You wanted that awe. You loved that awe. When's the last time someone or something created that awe in you? Think about it. How long has it been? We asked, I asked that question this morning before we came out here and we prayed. I had many answers, several answers. were amazing. They were amazing. Relationships, moments, even one moment of awe where someone purchased a, photo, a picture and they saw the, they witnessed the goodness of God in that moment was powerful. For me... See? See, I'm telling you what, Siri knows how to pray better than most people. She knows how to commune. She will interrupt when she's not asked. But I shared when I met my wife. I knew she was my wife before I knew her name. I didn't know her name for almost an hour until <laughs> after I already knew she was my wife. And based on that, knowing that, and she's my wife, and we've been married 31 years, almost 32 years. And out of that experience, I was in awe of that, in awe of her. But let me ask you a question. When those moments of awe come, and in this situation I'm referring to husbands and wives, to relationships, whatever they might be, parents with their children, whatever it might be. But in those moments of awe, where in the beginning it is like all I wanted from Kim was, man, I, I just, I, how can I please you? How can I know you? I want to know, how do I know this woman? This wife that I just met tonight doesn't even know, doesn't believe she's going to be my wife. How can I know her? So I dug in. I put Paddington Bears in her mailbox with little notes. It's true. I visited her car at the college she went to and left a dozen roses on Valentine's Day. Even though she had a boyfriend, it didn't matter to me. He was tall and ugly. She never told me to stop. It's her fault. But I was in awe of her, and I. There was nothing that would keep me from finding a way, uh, making every attempt to know her. I've got to know her. After all, I'm going to marry her. But what happens in time? Then you get married, and we got married a year and a half, two, almost two years later. You get married, what happens in relationships? When the all is not there anymore. Use that word again. Everything's common. Common isn't exciting. Common isn't exciting. Common, common isn't awe-inspiring. Just track with me this morning, if you would. 
And I was thinking about it on the way here this morning. I was talking to her about it. And just talking about the awe, what happens when awe is gone? When awe is gone, you stop asking questions. You stop digging deep. You hear what someone's saying, but you're not listening to what they're saying. I can't even tell you how many times my wife and I be sitting there, and it goes both ways. And one of us will say something, you didn't listen to me. You're not listening to me, are you? No, I heard everything you said. Tell me what I said. And you get like four words right out of two pages of information. I'm sitting right beside you, but you didn't, you weren't listening. That's true. I repent. What did you say? I'm not telling you now. No, say it again. No, I'm not telling you now. I won't remember how I said it. You left me on red. I wonder if there's any of that with the Father. You know, when we come to know Him, when we're introduced to Him, we come to know the Father, we receive Jesus Christ, we accept Him, we repent of our sin, our ignorance, our foolishness, our selfishness, our arrogance. We repent of all of those things with our mouth. We really mean it when we say it. We're excited. We can't wait to get to know Him. We can't wait to dive in. We can't wait to sort out. And we're excited about all the different changes that He's going to make in our life. Am I telling the truth? And when we have this thought in our mind, man, He's about to do so many things in my life, all my needs are going to go away. All my problems are going to be over. I'll never have another challenge. Why? Because I just received Jesus Christ. Everything's just because that's what He promised. And we come into this thing, we're so awe-filled, we're so awe-inspired, and then as we move along, we find out that, well, we held on to a little bit of that selfishness, or we held on to a little bit of that pride, or we held on to a little bit of that arrogance, or we held on to a little bit of those memories. And we dive in and we, we begin to realize these things and somehow when we're not seeing the results from the relationship that we expected from the relationship with Him, in the beginning it was that. It was everything. It was everything was blown. Just track with me this morning. I'm not, I'm not attacking. I'm not doing any of that. I'm trying to take you on a journey to help us understand what it really is to talk to the Father and what it will really produce when we talk to Him consciously. We are aware that He is God and there's not another. And that he really did send his son and he really did die. And he really did hang, he really did hang on that cross. He really did die. And he really did raise, from the, uh, raise up from the dead. He really did. And he really did do that for you and me. And when, I, when my words reflect that he really did that, suddenly I have his undivided attention. Not only do I again enter into another awe phase with the Father, but the Father's awed by me. You hearing me today? So, how should we pray? One, according to His will. So, turn with me to 1 John chapter 5, and they'll put it up on the screen. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 says this, says, And this is the confidence that we have towards Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. <laughs> I love this. Because, again, much of the prayer and intercession that people do, any of us do, we are geared towards it, uh, people will go to a preacher, will go to a friend, will go to a family member and will say, this is what's going on in my life. This is the need that I have. This is what I want. Um, and that person ultimately will fall on this statement. You need to ask God. Where I wonder if it would be better more often than not to say, what's His will in this? Because... Our tendency is, if we don't know, the better I know my wife, the more I know her needs, the more I know her passions, the more I know all the ways she loves me back. Not only does me getting to know her help me love her more, me getting to know her helps her love me more. And reflect that love. I shared with you last week, when she reaches over and grabs my hand when we're watching a movie, she did it again last night. She just won't leave my hand alone. <coughs> reaches over and grabs my hand. I love that. I didn't tell her last night. I just enjoyed the moment. But last Saturday night, I leaned, looked over at her and I said, I love it when you do that. Now, I wonder, did she do that last night because she did it last week and because I said, I love it when you do that. And now that communion, she loved me, shown me, she demonstrated love to me. Because she knows this is what 
blesses my husband. So he says in 1 John chapter 5, he says, And this is the confidence that we have towards him. Everybody say, This is my confidence. This is the confidence that we have that if we ask anything, and everybody say this, according to His will, according to his will he, hears us. he hears us. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, 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 wow. So what happens? Curling. If we're learning how to pray, so I don't want to leave him on red because what we do is he doesn't answer our prayer. So when he starts talking to us and sharing with us, we don't even pay attention anymore because we've come to the conclusion because all of our requests, all of our wants, all of our desires have not been met. He hasn't replied to our need to, to do this, to do that, whatever it is, to restore this, to fix that, whatever. It is. He hasn't replied to our need, our requests to do that. So we're not paying any more attention to anything that he has to say. We keep asking for the same thing, but when He gives us an answer, we, we're not paying any attention anymore. I wonder, do we have this confidence that we pray according to His will? Could it possibly be that oftentimes, again, because we don't know how to pray, what we've done is we've learned to pray selfishly. We've learned to pray through pride. We've learned to pray through an arrogance. We've learned to pray from the perspective of this is where my life is and I know you can fix it, so pay up because you said you would. But then what he needs to do, all he has to do is go back and do exactly what Christ did in the garden and that is remind us. I didn't tell you I would give you everything you wanted. What I told you is according to my will, I would hear your prayer. If it isn't in line with my will, I'm not going to give it just because you ask it. So you can learn from this when you pray. This is how you ought to pray. What is your will, Father? And I can only know your will if I walk with you. I cannot know your will if I do not engage you. I cannot know your will if I do not commune with you. What is your will? Consider Solomon. He asked for wisdom. Father said, what do you want? I want wisdom. You know what, Solomon? Because you asked for wisdom and not riches, I'm going to give you wisdom. And I'm going to give you everything else you didn't ask for. And you know why I'm giving you wisdom? Because that's my will. In fact, all through Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, he talks about over and over and over again how the Father wants to re uh, sow into you and me, impart to us the wisdom of God. From the beginning to end. You won't find a book in the Bible that doesn't talk about the wisdom of God because he wants to impart that. And Solomon said, you know what? I know what you want because I have relationship with you. All I'm asking is, is for wisdom. You want me to have that, therefore I receive that wisdom. I, that's what I'm asking. And the Father said, I'm going to give you that and I'll also give you everything else. Can I tell you today, when we know how to pray, when we're praying according to the will of God, He hears you and me. We read it again. This is the confidence that we have towards Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. This is why we don't have confidence in Him because if we are asking and it's not His will and He doesn't answer, people lose faith and stop believing. Well, I asked God for this. He said I could ask anything in His name and He'd give it to me. No, that's not what He said. Many ask. Many. Ask for many things, but outside of His will. And this is, and they don't receive it. And this is why. This is what the Father knows about you, Jenny Kerner. This is what the Father knows about you. And this is what the Father knows about you. This is what the Father knows about me. He knows exactly what you, He knows exactly what I need. He knows exactly what we need. To be His glory in the earth. To be a sign and a wonder, to be a demonstration, to be fulfilled, to walk in peace, to have joy. Do you hear me today? And when I say to him, Father, not my will, but your will be done. I don't even know what I need. 
Steve, yes, you do. You need this and you need that and you're lacking in this and you're lacking in that. I don't know if I'm lacking or not. Maybe what I see as lack was never meant for me in the first place. But the Father says, if you ask it in my will, you ask according to my will, I'm going to hear you. I'm turning my attention to you, and I'm going to reply to that. Because if it's my will for you, the only way you're going to know what my will is for you is because you've been having a chat with me. Let's chat. Don't leave me on red. When I'm trying to awaken you and when I'm trying to stir you, even this morning with the words that I'm speaking, when I'm trying to awaken you and when I'm trying to stir you, you need to be paying really close attention to what I'm saying. I'm not trying to... Listen, the Father's not trying to find a way to keep you from walking in blessing. He just wants you to walk in what's true blessing, and that is anything that comes from His will. And He says, pray like this. In Matthew chapter 6, I must read uh, verses 7 through 15. This is the one you'll be very familiar with. Matthew chapter 6, beginning with verse 7, says this. says, when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. Oh, God! Again... Here we are. You know all of my needs. Johnny needs this. Becky needs that. This one needs something else. I need this. My hair's falling out. If you are God. Now how many times have we said that? If you really are God, you'll heal this sick family member. Or you'll heal me. Or you'll deliver this one. Or you'll deliver that one. And the Father says, whether they're healed or they are not, whether they are delivered or they are not, does not determine whether or not I'm God. And I didn't even hear what you just said. Because you came at me selfishly. You didn't ask me what my, what my will is. Hear me this morning. When you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Whew, man, that's a scripture that has never died, has life in it still today. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. He said, therefore, this is how I want you to pray. Our Father in heaven. You can quote it, maybe not out of this version. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Verse 14, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. I think that one of the interesting things that I, think, I believe gets missed too often in this instruction on how to pray is this one point. In that entire prayer, he tells us, this is how you ought to pray. The focus is on me. And the only section where the focus is on you is about forgiveness. And this is interesting. That's the only section he has to make sure and explain in verses 14 and 15 so that we understand it clearly. The parts bringing glory to him and recognizing him in our lives requires no explanation. But when he gets to the part and he says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, he skips down and when, the, when he teaches us how to pray, then he says, let me explain that. If you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive them, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. He said, it's important that you understand this. I don't need to explain the rest of the prayer on how you pray. You understand that I am God and there's not another. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done. That's going to happen. You have no control over that. What you do have control over is whether or not you forgive. And I need, he says, I need to explain that. I'm going to add a couple more verses to this. I'm going to put in 14 and 15 so that you understand the only way that I'm ever going to recognize that your will be done, your kingdom come and your will be done in Steve Parker, just like it is in heaven, is if first I learn to forgive others. Because outside of forgiveness... 
I cannot hear your voice. Where there is a lack of forgiveness, there is no healing. The greatest healing any of us will ever need is that healing of unforgiveness. That wound touched. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. This is how you pray. You don't have to pray those exact words. Recognize. Father, you're God. And I know that today because I'm consciously aware of who you are. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. There's not another close to it. Father, I recognize today that I am a created being purposed to bring you glory. Your kingdom come and your will be done in me just like it is in heaven. Not my will. Everybody say your kingdom come, Father. And your will be done. Hear me now. In me. Put your hands on yourself. Say, Father, your kingdom come. And your will be done. In me. Can I tell you this? When that happens, you'll have no other needs. When His will is done in you, your will becomes His will. We sang it this morning. When His will is done in you, when you look around you, you're not going to see lack here and lack there and lack there. You'll see answer, 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 provision. It's right. You're not hearing me this morning. Father, Your kingdom come. Your will be done in Steve Parker. Your kingdom come. Just in Steve Parker, just like it is in heaven. In heaven, there's no lack. In heaven, there's no selfishness. Now, I, it's not an, again, it's not an attack this morning to say that we're selfish. We are. We pray selfishly. We're, we get up in the morning, we get a headache, we get a whatever, and we immediately feel like... <laughs> and I even wonder, my son is, Joshua is real quick to say if I ever get a headache, he's real quick to tell me, Dad, the reason you have a headache is because you don't get enough salt. Because I hate salt. I don't salt anything. I totally dislike salt. I put salt on nothing. I hate the taste of it. I don't like it on anything. I don't like bland food either, but I just like food that has a good taste and doesn't require salt to make it taste good. So he says the same thing to me that F. Nolan Ball used to tell me all the time. We'd sit down at the table and we'd go to break and we'd go to lunch and, and we'd get out there and we'd drink something. He'd say, son, you need to put salt on that. And I'd say, no, sir, it'll ruin my food. No, you're not getting enough salt. Yeah, you can have my share. But we'll go to the Father. And maybe the headache is because He's making us aware. He didn't want to heal our headache. He wants to heal our actions. So the headache never occurs in the first place. What good is it to need a cure for something every single day when the Father says, if I can change your understanding of the root... Understand the source. Understand the reason. And there will be no fruit to need healing of. You hear me? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, Father, our daily. Pour, pour out today, Father, your word. I'm not asking you for what I want. I'm asking you to give me what's in you. I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your word. I want to know you today. Help me know you more today, Father. I'm making this, this is about you. The more I know you, the more I hear your voice, the more I learn to trust you, the more I stop focusing on self and begin to rejoice in what, what it is that you're doing and using me to do in the earth. And then he gets into the forgive us our debts, and we talked about that. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And this is the cool thing about that. This is what I know. When I'm honoring you, when I'm paying attention, when I'm consciously aware of what you're saying to me, and it matters to me, I'm not worried about temptation. I'm not worried about evil. Because you order my steps. You order my steps. 
and expectation. And Colossians chapter 4 verse 2 says this, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Talking to God should be a consciousness within us. Let me explain that. It should be a consciousness. There should be a knowing in me. I'm not speaking into the wind. I am talking to the Father. There needs, there's something in me that says, you know what, you are deserving, Father, of my complete awareness. I'm not fitting you in. I'm not sliding you into this little space. But I'm prioritizing who you are in my life. And when I begin to steadfastly seek your face, earnestly seek your face, earnestly begin to reflect on who you are, I become more aware of who I am because you show me. But the goal is not figuring me out. Say that with me this morning. The goal in prayer is not to figure me out. It's to know Him. God, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I should do next. I don't know what I should say. And the whole time he's saying, stop saying that. I can't do anything with that. What I can do in a person who recognizes Hollywood is the God I serve. And His kingdom is coming. Let me release my kingdom into you. Stop focusing on you don't know what's next, where you're going, what you're doing. Stop focusing on that and begin to focus on you know where the answers are. You know where relationship is. You know where the strength is. And our prayer, our intercession, our time, our communion, our silence, our meditation. He is, we said it a moment ago, He's, he's reframing our mind, He's reframing our thoughts. And, and I hope that in this series that you are learning and you are changing, you're beginning to recognize, you know what, I, I need to think about how I commune with the Father. Because He is literally reframing our mind to the point where my hope is that you're beginning now. You are beginning. When you're talking to the Father, you are intentional, deliberate. It's not simply slipping Him in there, slipping Him in here. But it's deliberate. Father, I'm coming to You. I'm standing before You. And it's not formatted, but it's a conversation. You talk, you listen, you meditate, you're silent. You're aware of who He is and what He wants to do in your life. He wants to change you. And you're deliberate about it. You're intentional about it. Still, in our processes, in our learning, even in here, somebody mentioned it this morning in the back room, there's still this moment where we have to remind ourselves, okay, I jumped right into that thing and I did that through a, through a rehearsed, through a template form. I got to stop and I'm just going to be still for a moment. Okay, now I'm going to talk to you, God. I was about to do it exactly like I've always done it. Thank you for making me aware. Now I'm going to do it consciously aware of who you are, deliberately and intentionally. And I want to tell you when you do, He'll hear you, Austin. He'll hear you. He'll hear you. No matter where you are, you have questions? You have unknowns? We don't have to ask Him for the answers to our questions and the unknowns. We simply talk to Him. Let Him know we know who He is because He loves to be worshipped. 
We let him know who he is. Then he says, guess what? Here's the answer to your question. You didn't even ask for it, the answer. But I'm going to give it to you. Because now that you recognize who I am, and you've shown me that you know who I am, it's my joy to release to you out of who I am. 1 Chronicles 16.11 says this, says, Seek the Lord and His strength, and seek His presence continually. When we fulfill this scripture, He fulfills His will for us. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His presence continually. I am very consciously aware of the fact that when I pray, and it's, there's an effort to it. Can I be honest? There's an effort. Now, someone might say, well, there shouldn't be. You know, you're the minister. You're the preacher. You're standing behind the pulpit. You've been doing this for a long time, blah, 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 blah. Well, the problem with that is I've been doing this for a long time. 34 years now. I've been standing behind a pulpit, preaching on Sundays, Wednesdays, Thursdays. Depends on the night. Every night for years. And the problem is when you do something for a long time and a long time and a long time, you get into this habit. You get into this way. It doesn't mean you stop loving God. It just means you love Him a little differently than maybe you should. Maybe you don't love Him fully. Maybe you don't appreciate fully all that He is. Is anybody hearing me this morning? Now, you're, you might be surprised. You might be thinking this morning, should I even be listening to Him? That's the choice you make. What I do know about Steve Parker is that in the middle of all of that, because with intention, being deliberate, I come before him, Father, I know who you are. I know who you are, and if there's something that's not right, change it. Help me understand it. Not my will, but your will be done. Whatever it is you want to do, Father, do it. And then out of that, the more I grow into Him, the more He grows into me. He fills me, me, with Him. And He'll do the same for you. And I'm thankful that sometimes it takes a little effort when He makes me aware of things that need to change because of the relationship. He'll make me aware. And he'll remind me even over, and I've used this example over and over again, but praying over my meal that had become so routine and so powerless and lifeless. If it was diseased, if it was bad, I was going to get sick. Because the prayer had become so memorized. Hear me. Hear me, please, in a way that helps you understand and maybe you can grow from too. I can only use me as a valid example. I can't use you because I told you I wouldn't when I counseled with you. Or counseled you. But I'm thankful when he said, son, Have you considered the last time you prayed over your food? And you could do that? And it, you, in order to do that, you had to think about what I was telling you about that food? Something that simple. And I'm sitting there and I'm realizing, you know what? I just got so accustomed to the idea that you heard everything that I said, that I didn't think about praying for your will. What if His will was, don't eat that? I'm trying to bless what He said, I ain't touching. But I didn't know He wasn't touching it. See, He told me a long time ago, don't eat scalloped potatoes, and I don't. <laughs> no, He didn't have anything to do. Well, He did. He, he's the one that gave me my taste buds. So I don't pray over my food the same way. I make an effort. 
Listen to me. Over everything, whatever it is, when I'm talking to him during the day, when I'm talking to him, whatever I'm doing, I'm making an effort to make sure that I'm not falling into a pattern to recognize him in that singular moment. Is there anything about this food I need to know, Father? <laughs> Somebody's hungry, is it time? Is there anything I need to know? Is there anything I need to know about the pathway I'm taking to the office today? My will is to take the quickest route. What's yours? Should I take the long one today? I know the simplicity of this message is that it's simple. <laughs> but I also know the complexity of this message is it requires us to position ourselves differently, to be consciously aware that He is God and we are not. Consciously aware that He redeemed us, not simply so that we could be redeemed, but so that we could know Him. He created us to know Him. So do we still have that awe? when we think about our relationship with the Father. I want to know you, and I'm giving you my undivided attention. I want to dig deep into you. I want to find out about you. It's not about me. Say it again. Put your hands on yourself. Say, it's not about me. It's not about now, I know we might think so. We might think so. But it's not about me. Father, this is about you. It's about me knowing you. And if I know you, you are pleased in that knowing. And you will honor it. Amen? Amen? So what do you do today when you walk out of this place? I hope you pray differently. I hope you are consciously aware that he might be creating some conflict in you to get you outside of your template. Get you outside of your norm. So how do I pray? Father, my focus is on you. My attention's on you. First of all, I need to forgive. And outside of that, I'm going to watch you do the miraculous. Because you're a miracle God. Amen? Amen. Stand with me if you would please this morning. Father, I'm thankful again. And, and let me do this right. But when we stand today, we're standing on purpose. We're standing because I've given a word. I've released a word over these last few weeks. I've been sharing this word about being left on red and hearing your voice and then not paying attention to it. Even if we've been guilty of that, that I'm certain has not been the intention of anyone's heart. I'm certain that our intention is to know you, to hear your voice, to trust you, to honor you. I'm certain that that's, that's what all of us want. But in the, in the process of, of knowing you, you're, you're faithful, you, you move and you're, you, you, you stir us and we know that you are a, a life-giving God. And in all of that, in all of that, it's easy for us to become complacent with where we find ourselves in you. My hope is that you've used me to bring a word to this people. Not just to them, but to me, because you've been speaking to me. But that you've used me to bring a word to this house, to this ministry, to the people that are watching online. That you've used me to, to open our eyes, to help us to see that yes. prayer isn't simply what we do with our mouth. It's what we do with our lives. It's how we look at you. It's how we see you. And out of that, you do so many incredible and amazing things. So I'm thankful today that you are causing our eyes to see and our ears to hear. And I pray, my hope, my, my desire, my passion is this, that every single heart has been moved by the words that you've released. What you've used me to sow into these people, that we've, we're learning to meditate. We're learning to trust. We're learning to put our focus on you. We're learning that your will is important in everything in our life. It takes priority over what our will is until our will is your will. So more importantly today than asking if there's anybody here that doesn't know you, more importantly than wondering today if there's anybody here asking, is there anybody here that needs healing in their body? 
more importantly than that is this, that, Father, we know how to pray. And if we know how to pray, when we know you, when we do that, when we come to you intentionally, deliberately, when we come to you, you will heal the sick. You will set the captive free. You'll forgive the sinner. For all of those things today, we give thanks. And we honor you. In Jesus' name.